Welcome to the Northeast Bowler Podcast. This is episode... Hey, wait. Let's not do numbers anymore. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. So the last episode was... Uh, we said in the in the episode, it was episode 9. It actually ended up being episode 8 because episode 8 accidentally got deleted. Got del- it wasn't that good, though, so you didn't miss anything. That's fine. We'll do it again. Actually, it was excellent. It was the best one. I thought it was really good, actually. I thought when we do the new one on the same subject, it reminds you of that... Um, Tenacious D song tribute. This is not actual <laughs> podcast. It's just a tribute. We don't remember the actual. One. Yeah, this is, but, uh, it's a tribute of, of episode eight. Yeah, it'll be good. we're doing an episode ten or whatever. So but. this is the first official um, <coughs> version of the Northeast Bowhunter podcast. T and A. Wait. T. No, it's Q and A. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Um, Q and A. We got a bunch of questions we want to we'll, answer. But yeah, before, we'll do we'll do some questions. Yeah. Yeah, and so before you know, we get into that like. Just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Josh has a heart. I have half a heart. Um, you know, I do have a full heart. You do. You're a nice guy. No, it's been actually amazing at how many people have come into the shop and uh, mentioned the podcast and actually how much like work we've gotten. Like, and that wasn't really really the intention, but the the um, amount of work we got in this last week. Actually, we launched. Kind of a I think byproduct of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's we amazing. we launched. I think nine days ago. I think it was last Sunday, right? Yep. And here it is Tuesday. I don't know. It's March 12th. Um, yeah, we got in a lot of bows for for works packages, which is custom strings and super tuning. It's been awesome. But not only that, like, you know, we didn't really expect that too much. But how many people came in talking about the podcast and how many episodes they listened to and stuff like that. And not just the shop, just private messages on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. It's been amazing and we super appreciate it. Um so any anything that you guys, you know, like, dislike or whatever, comments, suggestions or whatever, feel free to send it to either Absolutely. one of us. But it's been it's been great, man. You know what's cool is the other day we were in there, we we're talking. I, I think uh, I forget who came in, but someone came in and was talking about the podcast. And a customer that I was helping with a site kind of piped up and was like, Yeah, I watched the podcast too, you know. I watched <coughs> heard the podcast also. And it's pretty funny because like he was kind of a quiet dude and I don't even know. I'm just he wanted to go pin site. I was hooking him up, site mapping that thing, and uh, and yep. you were out front yeah, talking, right. and he piped up and yeah, yeah. When you were setting up the site for him, I went out front, and he uh, he mentioned the podcast. Yeah. So anytime you're in the shop or see us like that, you see that we it's like <laughs> it's awesome because we love doing it, and you know we love hearing about it. And a um, couple of things I want to get out of the way before getting into this Q and A. I was going to say T and A again. I did, <clears throat> did that to be funny, and now it's like stuck in there. So um, it stands for technical answers. TN is technical. T is technical. Then A is for answers. So that's what. It was. Where's the N though? Oh fuck. Um. And and <laughs> technical <laughs> and answers. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Anyhow. Uh. No, it's it's been actually awesome. How many people um mentioned? Actually, the one thing that really surprised me is how many people came in like four, five, six days into it, saying that they listened to every episode. Yeah, a lot of pressure to put new episodes <laughs> out, but um. The other thing I think that was cool is, um, as you guys know, a lot of these we, we um, recorded like in August before like, um, you know, other stuff went down and we, you know, we're back into a lot of fire now, but, um, we don't remember some of the stuff we said in like episode I one, know two, people say, Oh, you said this. I'm like, did I, or in episode yeah. three, you, you, you referenced this. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember that. That was a long so that time leads ago. To me to my apology for the night. Apparently, um, one of the <coughs> local legends, and, you know, I actually love this guy. He's like, he's like a badass and, and uh, he came in today and he reminded me that I called him a douchebag. 
uh, Seth Stevens. I'm you, so, said, you said uh, dry douchebag. Oh, dry douchebag. Yep. He, was really, he was really intimidating back in the old days, but he's like the nicest guy ever. He's like just very quiet and like turned face. He's a good looking fellow also. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, he was in there today. We're, we're shooting the shit. And um, I was like, God damn it. I did say that. Like he's actually bigger than I am. So I was like, oh, he could he kick good. your ass. So um, unfortunately now I'm um, not unfortunately, <clears throat> fortunately, I'm not shooting Hoyt anymore. I'm shooting Prime because Seth has forced me to. <laughs> Actually, Seth asked me not to shoot Prime. So I don't know what that not means. a bad choice. Yeah, you did it out of spite. You're like, well, if you're telling me not to shoot it, I'm shooting it. Oh my god, yeah, that's why. That's why I am in the situation I am in my personal life. But anyhow, um, so, so that was like back to like um, like I said, everybody saying not everybody, but there's a lot of people that said that they listened to all the episodes. It kind of reminds me of um, I don't remember what day it was. Saturday, maybe. Friday when Jim Benito came in, were you there? Yeah, I I, I stopped in. <clears throat> oh, you, you stopped. Just, you just stopped slammed. in. So it was Saturday. So yeah, Jim Benito came in and he said, "Oh, I'm, I've been listening to the podcast. I'm really enjoying them." And he's like, "I've listened to all the episodes." And he said, "You guys got to put out more because I want to listen to more." And I'm like, "I'm like, well, that's good because uh, we just posted one last night. So you have a, some new material to listen to." He's like, "No, I listened to that this morning." Yeah, that, like, was, that was awesome. Yeah, that yeah. actually that meant a lot. That was awesome. We actually we gave him a hat and a sticker. Yeah, we did. He deserves it. It was pretty funny because he um he's a great he's a great guy. Yeah, he was super into it, and that's awesome because it's like you never know. You're like you know, hey, I like this stuff. Like like Josh really likes Nickelback, and um no, I don't. And it's like you know, you want to be proud of it and be into it, and you know, we like I said, we're not doing it to make unless you're making money off of this. I'm not really making. I think we're it's costing us money. It's costing us money. It's yeah. costing us money. It's so fun. To, who if you cares? Donate by PayPal. I'll give you my address. Just joking. <laughs> um, no, it's just fun. It's not a money thing, but yeah, and so. Helping out the archery community. Yeah, it's super fun. And there's a lot of like, I think another one of our um, customers and, and buddies was saying that um, <clears throat> listen to a few episodes over and over again because um, there's information. In it yeah, that's more. right. Somebody said to me that there was so much information, information so fast that it was hard to retain it all. And I kind of like, I get that. Like there's some things that I listen to that like, if you listen to it over, you pick up something that you didn't, you know, in the, in the first time you listen to it or the second time you listen to it. But yeah, there was a couple of people that said that they listened to him a couple times because they wanted to pick up stuff that they missed. And that's cool too. Yeah. So I think we should dive into this Q and a, um, <clears throat> I said it the right way question and answer session. We got to, we appreciate all the ones and we will, um, go through them and kind of like, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of them. Too. So I think we're gonna have to do a little bit at a time yeah. or maybe do, maybe we'll do one dedicated episode to, uh, yeah. just Q and a, but I think we'll do a little bit right now. Yeah. We'll do a couple of them. Um, so, not any order. Um, so this is a um, well, I don't know where we get this from, but it's um, someone said while hunting, I was pulling back, and about ha- three quarters away through the draw cycle, my bow creaked. That put both the deer on full alert, and the deer ducked the arrow. Is there any way to fix the creak? Yeah, that's right. So this message he was talking about. This happened twice to him. So a deer came in. He drew back. His bow creaked. And it put the deer on alert, and he missed the deer. I'm assuming the deer jumped the string. And then it happened again after that. Um, In my experience, I've noticed that usually when you get a creak out of your bow, it it could be a couple things, but usually it's like a dry limb pocket. So you need to take take the bow apart and lube the limb pockets with like a white lithium grease or something like that. But I'm assuming... um, Excuse me. I don't remember who sent this question because we didn't write down who sent the questions. But we can uh, find it. I mean, yeah, we could. Yeah, and actually, we could send. Well, I'm not even going to send him the answer. He can listen to the podcast. But um, 
Yeah, so I'm assuming that your bow needs to be um, looked at and your limb pockets are dry and that creak came from your limb pack pocket, either the top or the bottom. For some reason, it always seems like it's the top. Actually, Mark, today you were shooting your bow, remember? I had the same thing happen. So Yeah, Mark was shooting his bow today and he's like, he's like, hey, come listen to this this noise here. What is this? And I think that's the same thing with your bow. I think, I think that your there bow needs that. There was two noises. There was that creak in the top of the pocket <clears throat> and me going, because you're trying to draw back yeah yeah. (laughs) putting too much effort into it so yeah whoever sent that question um i'm assuming it's your limb pocket um that's something we could definitely take care of it's you know it requires taking the bow apart and uh lubing those limb pockets up and putting it back together and that usually takes care of the takes care of the problem if it's not a limb pocket there's a few bows which it's usually the limb pocket but there is occasionally i've seen like a cable guard do some sort of creak like that. Um, remember we had um, mm. that guy with the, um, I'm not going to say what bow it was, but uh, yeah, he had a bow that they kind of put some sort of finish on the cable guard rod. And when the cable slide would slide along that rod during the um, draw cycle, it would sort of chatter. It would like stick and then shoot, shoot back and then stick yeah. and shoot back. We got caught up a little bit like on the, yeah, it would get caught up on. It's just the finish that they put on that that uh, cable guard rod, and I think that they need to get rid of that finish and use just a normal fiberglass rod or something like that. But sometimes it can be the cable rod, but almost always it's a dry limb pocket. Um, there's a few times though. Actually, I posted a video on YouTube years ago of me shooting a turkey. I self filmed me shooting a turkey. I was shooting a carbon spider thirty four where I draw back and you hear this, it wasn't a creak. It was like a, and for some reason, the, um, the serving on the string would, would make that noise as it comes out of the cam. And oftentimes you can lube, lube that, um, string serving with like a scorpion venom and that'll take care of that too. But, but whoever Not actual scorpion venom, that's dangerous. N- no, that's the, that's the name <laughs> of the product. But, um, yeah, whoever wrote this question, I'm sure it's your, uh, limb pocket. Cool. All right. So the next question comes from the Instagram, um, just lost it. It's um, it's a pretty good one, I think. There's, a, there's two parts. It's from, uh, it's from West Virginia. If you know anything about West Virginia, those guys are pretty cool out there. Big bucks, I think. Mm. Uh, probably better than here. Mm, that's true. <laughs> well, better hunting anyway. I don't know that's about true. buck size, but all right. So West Virginia is right next to Ohio, so it's, I go through there. So anyhow, so this is. Here's a question: What is Josh's favorite Hoyt bow that he's shot and hunted with of all time? <clears throat> That's a good question. That's sort of a loaded question, actually. Yeah. Um, the current one. So, yeah. So the current one. I mean, I mean, most of you guys know I just set up a Carbon RX-3 Ultra. And that's I think, is going to be an awesome bow. But honestly, I haven't had enough time behind the string to say that's my favorite bow. Like, I've had actually, to be honest, very little time behind the string. But if I can um, think about all the Hoyts I've had... I would say that my Carbon Defiant 34 has been my favorite Epic. Hoyt I've ever shot. That was like, that's like one of those bows where every now and then you get a bow that just is perfect. Everything's perfect about it. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that bow just seemed to be a bow that I couldn't miss with. But I, I, I actually had two of them. I had a Carbon Defiant 34 when they first came out with the Carbon Defiant, which came with the 2.0 cam. And that one was good. And but it wasn't my favorite. The second Carbon Defiant came when they came out. They didn't change anything with the Carbon Defiant because, if any of you guys remember, when they first came out with the Carbon Defiant, they um, 
were really late on their delivery time. So because they were so late, they decided not to change the carbon defiant for the the next year, which I think was a really good move because I think that would have pissed off a lot of people. Actually, the first carbon defiant I ordered, I ordered it from our Hoyt rep when they came out. So which was like October, November, I ordered it. I didn't get my bow until August. That's crazy. I remember that year, actually. It, It was insane. So I got my bow two months before they announced the new bow. But Hoyt, I think, did the right thing. They didn't change the carbon defiant for the next year because they were so late on arrival. And I don't know why they were. I mean, it doesn't matter. But when they did come up with a new... Uh, the well, the new bow, like I said, they didn't change it, but there was one minor change, and that that minor change was the first year they came out with the carbon defiant. The number two cam had some, especially in the longer draw, I mean the uh, longer axle axle bow, they had some knock travel issues. So, <clears throat> and they might not admit that or not, but that's what it was. So uh, they had some knock travel issues, and um, they decided to to adjust the cam very, very slightly. So the second year the Carbon Defiant came out, the number two cams, the only difference was instead of 2.0 on their number two cam, it would say 2.1. So the um, Carbon Defiant 34 that I got that year was uh, the one with a 2.1 cam. I got it in buckskin, which was like, it's like a tan colored riser. And actually now the buckskin... Hoyts come with a black limb. Back then they came with like a buckskin limb, but it was like a carbon weave buckskin. It looked really awesome. It it almost looked like uh, like snake skin or something. Yeah, it was really cool. Subject, but also I miss the harvest brown color. That's I digress. Harvest brown was cool in the aluminum and the um, carbon wasn't as good. And the carbon I think looked like dog shit or a tootsie roll or something. I didn't like that at all. All But so so anyway, I got this carbon defined thirty four in buckskin with the two point one cam, and that bow for whatever reason was a fucking killer. That thing was ridiculous. I shot that thing insane. I could not miss a target with that. And I'm optimistic that my new RX three Ultra is going to be the same way. Quick follow up to that: your favorite bow? Where's that bow now? That bow now, so sometimes when I get a new bow, because I get a new bow every year, because I'm spoiled, but whatever, um, I'll either... He gets more than one new bow a year. Don't I'll either um, I'll either sell it or I'll give it to someone. Um, that Carbon Defined 34 is currently in my brother's hands. Good place for it. All right. So he, next- he, he bought a, a Hoyt CRX 32, which was 2012 when he got that bow and he's been shooting that bow ever since 2012. So I think it was time for an upgrade for him. So, Absolutely. and that also was, like I said, it was my favorite bow. So it wasn't a bow I was willing to just sell or give away to somebody I didn't know. So I gave it to my brother and he shooting now. He actually shot a deer with it this previous season. And, um, when I gave him the bow though, I said, here's a bow for you. To, you can use this bow. I said, no, no. I said, here's a, here's my carbon defiant 34. I said, it's not yours. <laughs> But you can shoot it. I probably won't ask for it back, but you can use it. Leave the door open. All right. So next question. This is the second part of the question. It's for both of us. Um, what is Mark slash Josh's favorite place and time of year to hunt? Mine's easy. Oh, place and time Licking is tough. County, Ohio. Um, Newark. My buddy Greg's place. I've been, I'm, I'm over two there, but I fucking love it there. Um, favorite time. I've been there like right near Halloween, like that that week of, of Halloween. And I've been there during supposedly the rut. I went through the, the fifth through the, what the fifth <clears> through the 10th. 
And yeah. the week of the week in October, I loved it so much more. It was a little colder actually when I was there that in October that year, but it was um there were so many deer on their feet. I never saw in, in October. Like, yeah, the last week it was like I actually came back home I think on Halloween, but yeah, I was right, I was there right around Halloween, and then this year I was in there like the first like full week of, of November, which is like the fifth through the I don't know I was there for five days, but um. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You left. Uh, I was in New York, yeah. and I came home on Sunday, and I think you left Sunday night or yes, Monday I, morning. Yeah, I left the third, and so I got to Ohio and I hunted the fourth through like the rest of the week. And uh, I liked October better. It was, I mean, who knows? I think the week after I left, it was like <clears throat> it was a super cold snap that came in on Saturday, and everything was like getting shot. But when I was there, they weren't rutting. They weren't. They were just doing their own thing. In the week of October, the year before. They were moving. They were everywhere. And it was awesome. Yeah, I think some of that's probably weather related, but I think there was there's something I saw years ago. It was like uh, I think it was a Pope and Young club maybe that put something out that they looked at all the Pope and Young bucks that have been killed, and they looked at like the most common date nationwide, you know. And I think it was like November seventh to the tenth. Yeah, I something like that. that. Yeah, it was something like that. So for me, that's that's tough. <clears throat> It depends where I'm hunting. Um, I would say. Well, what's, your, what's your favorite place? And then narrow it down to like, what's your favorite place to hunt when you bend? Uh, I don't know. I like hunting Ohio. I like hunting New York. I like hunting New Hampshire because we live here and it's easy and it's right here. So I would say most places that I hunt, um, I would say um, probably November no, no, I'm going to take that back. I've killed more bucks right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're, so I would yeah. say somewhere like a, let's 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 gear toward the northeast bow hunter. Yes. The um my favorite time is from Thanksgiving Thursday to Sunday. Whatever dates those happen to be, I've killed more deer than than any other dates. Um if I go outside of here like if you go to, like I've hunted Texas a bunch. Texas is like the week after Christmas. I've had really good luck down there. That's an awesome week. That's really nice because we can hunt up here all season. And then when our season is over, you can down, go down south, go to Texas, and you can experience the same thing that you did up here. Well, kind with, with but, 8 so million more deer. The funny thing is, is I'm referencing white tail <clears throat> but I love turkey hunting. I think it's because you, you go such a – I don't like duck hunt. I don't know that stuff like that. So, like, you go through that long stretch of, like, not hunting anything and just shooting your bow <clears throat> and, like – that first week of um, turkey season, I, I fucking love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I like I I got into turkey hunting fairly late. Is I mean, as far as my hunting career is concerned, I started turkey hunting in ninety eight, ninety nine, and um, yeah, that turkey hunting is for me become pretty exciting just because it's it's uh it breaks up the year. Yeah, it's absolutely. another excuse to get out in the woods with a bow. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. All right, let's move on to another question. Um. Oh my goodness. That's a good one. How many times in a year will Mark say, quote unquote, he is a really good looking guy? So is that actually a question? Because I'm going to say it all the time. So in a, in a, in a year, dude, that's going to be a lot because so it's been how many, how many podcasts we have? We have nine ish and you've probably said it 200, 300 times. Uh, well, I said it. I said it probably like five or six times episode, and then in in real life when I was at ATA, I said it probably like 
<coughs> to his face, Mike Leeper. <laughs> you actually did say it to Mike once. But um, yeah, so in a year, I think it's going to be a lot. I remember that was Dean Jackson Jr. that sent that yes, question. Yes. I do remember that. Uh, that that was an awesome question. That was funny. Yeah, we talked about making a drinking game out of it, Dean. So yeah, every time I say that Mike Looper's a good-looking fellow, you do a shot. Or anybody, or anybody. not just Mike Looper. I did say Seth Stevens is a good-looking fellow too. Yeah, and you were talking about. Um, he actually questioned my sexuality at the show. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Out loud He's like, like after listening to this podcast, I'm questioning your sexuality. Yeah, it's like, well, that's that's funny. funny. That's a funny yeah, question. Very nice one. At least he's listening. I heard that he might be on the podcast in a future date. I heard rumor. Seth? Yeah, I heard a rumor. Yeah, I think we'll make that happen. Right. I think that'll be good. I think they're referencing your hunting backpack, Josh, not your like personal backpack, your your weirdo one, um, <laughs> your Hello Kitty one. So what's in your backpack? What works well and what's, what doesn't? <clears throat> so in my backpack, I don't think... I don't really have anything in there that pertains to bringing deer in really other than I use uh, the can call and a grunt call is the only thing I have in there for calling in deer. I've had actually in, in New Hampshire, I've had a lot of success with the can call actually. Yeah. Especially late season. Like I said, around Thanksgiving time. Um, I think that those bucks, a lot of the bucks have already bred does. And um, so since a lot of the does have already been bred, those bucks have fewer candidates to, to seek out. So I think that when you use that can call, especially later season or like around Thanksgiving time, that, that it can be, um, it, it could work really well for you. I've called in a lot of bucks with a can call. I've got it in a handful of bucks, not a lot. I've tried rattling in New Hampshire a bunch when I was younger and never had any success with it. So I actually stopped. Um, I think obviously other states and other parts of the country, I think that's different. And uh, actually, the reason I think that rattling doesn't work that well here in New Hampshire is probably because of the buck to doe ratio. I think that we have a lot more does than we do bucks. So I think that rattling isn't necessarily going to bring a buck in because I don't think that they really want to run into a fight when they don't have to because there's a lot more does than there are our bucks. So, so um, what else do you bring with you in terms of like, like bow equipment, like in terms of like, like. Like I know, I'm, this is a loaded question. I know the answer a little bit, but like, what do you bring for supplies? Like bow supplies? Like what do you throw in the bag? So, so for blow, bow stuff, I um I bring an Allen wrench set. So an Allen wrench set that's gonna have. I just start doing that this year. It's gonna have like every size Allen wrench that I need for everything on my bow. I bring. Uh, I usually bring an extra set. I mean, an extra string loop just in case. Um, Although I don't have any loop pliers or any pliers to tighten it up with, but I could I could manage in the field without that. You could use a stick or even your release to tighten that thing up. Um, I think that's about it for bow supplies. I used to carry an extra peep tube when I used to shoot peep tubes. I would always have an extra peep tube in my backpack. But other things other than that, I mean, I have my hunting license in a Ziploc bag. I have uh, electrical tape for putting a, a, a tag on. I have rubber gloves. I have um, extra gloves. I have flashlights. I have a drag rope, um, a bottle of water usually. And I think that's about it. You're a badass. I carry snacks, gummy bears. Usually. I, I usually don't carry snacks. Occasionally, like I, if I do, de depending fat, if, so, if I yeah. go like when I go to other states where states where I would sit like an all day sit, I mean, obviously I have a lunch and snacks and stuff like that, but, 
but around New Hampshire, I don't do that. So, so. I'll go out at four in the morning, you know, walk to my stand and, you know, bring gummy bears and some granola bars. And by like sunrise, they're mostly Everything's gone. eaten. <laughs> they're pretty much gone. That's, right, That's what I've noticed too. I eat a lot like, of my God, food so before, early. before uh, 10. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. All right. So that's pretty interesting. Like I said, I, I go, my go-to is gummy bears. It's just, I don't know. Except in the wintertime or in December, they get cold and hard. And gummy bears, when they're hard, aren't my favorite. I've never brought gummy bears in You never put woods. a hard gummy bear in your mouth? No. I bet you have. <laughs> no. <laughs> not cool. Not cool. Secrets. <clears throat> All right. So this is a, lo- this is a longer question, I think. Um, okay. Oh, someone asked me, are you going to pick me for the hat? No. No. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. Yeah. Easy. Um, what up, guys? It's cool, gangster. Uh, my Q&A question is this. What advice would you give to an adult bow hunter getting started in the game later in life who doesn't have a lot of bow hunter influence around them to learn from? Mm. Where's the best place to find a mentor? Learn from, uh, and learn from veteran bow hunters or find other available resources for someone looking to get hardcore into bow hunting? So, first... Listen to this podcast. <laughs> Seriously, is that an actual fucking question, bro? Come on. Just like, he was in the shop this week. Was he? I don't. Who? I don't. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, first listen to the podcast. But uh, other than that, like, really, I mean, this goes nationwide. Probably go to your pro shop, your local pro shop. Ask them questions. I know that. Yeah, don't that, be afraid of it. <clears throat> Once again, we said this before. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, there was a there was a guy that came in. Um, this last week yeah. since we've launched the podcast and he said to me he was always afraid to ask a question but now that he's been listening to the podcast he feels more comfortable to I ask the questions about 500 stupid questions a day to Josh, so don't feel bad you can't you can't beat the stupid questions that i ask yeah no it really doesn't bother me if you have a question ask absolutely but no i think um probably the place to start would be your local pro shop and ask questions and um there's some stuff on youtube but that's really it's um there's good and bad information. Yeah, that, remember the source. That's the hard part. Like right. That that could be good. It could be no not. It could there. not be. But I mean, I would go to um, I would go to your local archery shop and ask them questions. Really, other yeah. than listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And hang out. You know, like Josh will give up spots for you to hunt and stuff. Like, no, nah, probably not. But you he will. Don't worry. <laughs> um, all right. So next question: Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? Is that an actual question? It's, it is an actual question. Actually, so I would say to that question, if you don't use your bow and shoot a lot, you're going to lose your um, accuracy. Yeah, You're I, not going to be as good. Number one thing is practice. Yeah, we said that all the time. You, you I'm better. not sure what that question was re- was referencing, but so my gr- <laughs> I'm going to make it archery related. My girlfriend said that in. <coughs> Fuck. Oh, in that case, yeah. Hey, if you don't uh, use it, you do lose it. Yes. Um, all right. So next question. Oh, I lost my place. Um, oh, so it's kind of a, this is kind of a long, long, long lead in. I'm not going to really read the whole thing because it's. Um, yeah, some of the questions were yeah. really long. So basically they talk about like each year the companies come out with new things <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And we don't see much difference in the, the previous year or once you dive in and see the new technology for better shootability, which is great. But you don't seem to see a lot of. They seem, to la- they seem to plateau efficiency and speed. And that's true. All the bows come at the same speed. Mm-hmm. So what is the future of the compound bow? Hmm. Well, I would agree that, that we've definitely plateaued on um, speed. Um, speed has been the same for quite a few years now. I think there was a thing. I think Hoyt did it. 
I'm not sure of that, but um, they measure they measured the efficiency of the compound bow, and they said that there was like 90% efficient, something like that. It was, it was around there. But basically, if something is... You're not going to get any machine that's going to be 100% efficient. So if the compound bow was 90% efficient, that means that 90% of that stored energy in the limbs is being transferred to the arrow. And I think that that's really high. And and once you get that high and you can't get that much higher, I think that you're not going to get any more speed out of these bows. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the um, The one thing that we have seen in the last... Well, years actually, but but uh, the one thing that we really see out of the new bows is um, draw cycle has really improved. These bows have become more and more easy to draw um, to get the same speed that they've been for years. So if a bow was 330 feet a second IBO 10 years ago and a bow 330 IBO today, today's bow at 330 feet a second is going to be easier to draw than it was 10 years ago. And it's actually, that's quite noticeable as these draw cycles in the bows. Um, another thing that's really changed is um, the uh, overall noise of the bow, the, how loud the bow is on the shot. That's really, really improved, especially this year. And I think Matthew started with it last year with the Triax. That bow is extremely quiet. This year, a lot of the bows have followed and a lot of the bows are quiet this year. Um, <clears throat> so you're going to see draw cycles improve, um, um, sound on the shot is going to improve. There's some of the companies have come up with different, um, tuning features. Like I, I know that, um, we actually didn't talk about this in the last podcast about new bows of 2019. Bowtech came up with a new bow at the ATA called the Reckoning. That bow is a binary cam bow, which means you don't have yokes to adjust cam lean. So in tuning, you would you would typically only have the rest to move in or out to, to uh, adjust left to right tears. Outside of that, you can shim a cam. So you can move a cam left to right on the axle to adjust that tear. And this what this Reckoning does, they have a system on this axle that you can adjust the cam left to right with a screw. So you can turn a screw in or out to adjust that cam left or right. So that's sort of something new and 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 the newer things that are coming out that will that will make a bow a little bit better than they were in the past. Um, <clears throat> as far as speed and all that, I think I I think we are getting toward the ceiling with most of this technology. I think that when a compound bow makes another giant leap, it's probably going to be something totally different than we're used to today as far as the compound bow goes and actually i have a thought in mind and an idea of something we can do to, i'm not going to give it away but th- there is something that i thought of that we can do to a compound bow to make bows faster and that sort of relates to draw weight it, it's a system that will make um us archers be able to draw more draw weight was with less effort and that more draw weight is going to give us a lot more speed and uh, obviously speed in conjunction with arrow weight um, turn um, comes out to be kinetic energy and momentum which ultimately 
transfers into arrow penetration and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so, um, I think once we break through to the next level, it's going to be something totally different than we used to today. That's awesome. I also, I just went to Facebook. <coughs> if you don't yet follow us on Facebook, <clears throat> Facebook page, Northeast Bo- 400 podcast. We're on Instagram too. Um, so I have a couple of questions. We'll, we'll fire them. Maybe keep it short because we're, we're at the 30, 30 minute mark. I think we'll keep this a shorter one than a, an actual podcast, but let's, um, what's your sign? Uh, Capricorn. I'm a Leo. <laughs> good question. Yeah. Um, so, oh, it's a good one. Um, any tips for the women archer just getting into the sport? Also being larger chested. <clears throat> if the string is touching my body, will that affect the shot? And how should I fix that? If the string touches your body, it definitely will affect the shot. Especially like I think I explained in probably our tuning podcast. I explained the relationship with higher let off bows in um, string contact and how that affects your shot. But yeah, if if the string contacts your body, it's going to affect your shot. And the higher the let off, the more it's going to affect that shot. I know that there are some places that that sell like um, it's like a guard that goes on your body that kind of holds oh, yeah, things see, in like a the little Olympic bit tighter. Have that. Yeah. 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 And as far as uh, uh, women archers go. There's a couple of girls that we have in mind to have on our podcast, and and I think we're going to do an episode on women getting into so archery. That's funny you say that because I went and shot Lee <coughs> two weekends ago on a Wednesday night, and I had Patty Goblin behind me mm-hmm. shooting her recurve, and she was pretty badass with it. And I had Deb she's Bo really Gray good with that in front of me shooting shooting in front of me. Yeah, Deb's really I beat good them too. Both. I, that's not true. I don't know if I did. Um, <laughs> they were uh, they were pretty awesome. It was, it was it was super fun. Anyhow, let's move on. That's um. What kind of equipment has made you more successful? I think that I think that usually newer bows help me more successful because they're easier to shoot and the, the easier a bow is to shoot, the better shot you're going to get on an animal and the better shot you get on an animal, obviously the the faster they die. Um, newer bows have certainly helped me out. There's one thing that I've sort of come to recently is heavier arrows. Heavier arrows have really helped me out too because if in in the in the case where you happen to hit any bone like a shoulder blade or whatever it is, that heavier arrow is really going to help you out. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. New bow technology making a bow easier to shoot and some arrow that's going to carry a lot of kinetic energy and, and mainly momentum. What about um, in terms of like how the <clears throat> drop weight rest has evolved from like a whisker biscuit or a capture rest to like what we have now? Like that's true. Do? Yeah. So that's, that's going back a while in time because yeah. drop boys have been out for a while, but a drop away rest really helped out archers as far as accuracy goes. So there's still some guys that shoot whisker biscuits. And um, if you compare a whisker biscuit to a drop away rest, the dropaway rests are a lot more accurate, and like I said earlier, the more accurate you are on your t- your target, the the more successful you're going to be. But um, I'm going to use the whisker biscuit as an example. The whisker biscuit is is great for what that rest was designed for. So it's quick and easy, easy to set up. You just bolt it on your bow. There's a screw that ad- that ad- that will help you adjust your center shot, which is your left or right on your arrow. Um, once you get that set up, it's super easy. But the problem with the whisker biscuit is there's, there's contact on the arrow the entire time the shot is happening. So if you could watch that bow going off in slow motion, 
that arrow pushing slowly through that whisker biscuit, that whisker biscuit is going to affect your shot the entire time that arrow has contact with the rest. And the problem with that is we're all human, so we're going to have some movement. So if your bow arm has any movement while that arrow is leaving the bow, that's going to affect your shot until the knock leaves that rest. Um, when they when we started using dropaway rests, the dropaway rest today will contain your arrow just like a whisker biscuit does. You can knock your arrow, cock that launcher up on your dropaway rest. You can swing your bow around, hold it upside down. It doesn't matter. Your arrow is going to stay in that rest, so it's not going to fall off like the old prong rest like we that we used to shoot. So it keeps that arrow contained. But the difference is, if you watch that slow motion video of that arrow leaving the bow. That arrow is only riding on that launcher for on a cable-driven dropaway rest for about four or five inches, and then that rest drops down out of the way. And when that drops down out of the way, all of a sudden you're not contacting that arrow anymore. So if you have any arm movement, you're not affecting that shot nearly as much as you would um, if you were using a whisker biscuit. All right. <clears throat> so with turkey season right around the corner, what is a good mechanical broadhead for both whitetail and turkey? So that way, you can just buy one, so we won't break the bank, so to speak. <clears throat> yeah. So if I was going to buy just one mechanical broadhead, so like if you listen to earlier episodes, I really like a fixed blade broadhead for a deer. I really like an expandable broadhead for a turkey. My number one expandable broadhead for a turkey now, as of last year, is that new Rage Turkey Extreme. I really love that. But if I was going to pick one expandable to use on both deer and turkeys, I would probably choose the uh, G5 Dead Meat. That's a really good head. Um, I've shot deer before with the T3, which is sort of the predecessor of the Dead Meat. It's a very similar broadhead. The the um, blade uh, retainment system is a little bit different, but um, yeah, that Dead Meat is a sick head. I've shot turkeys and deer, both of the T3, and I've had pretty good success with it. So if I was going to pick one broadhead for deer and turkeys, it would be a G5 dead meat. Okay. Um, are you guys doing the train to hunt event in New York in June? Archery and fitness challenge. It's awesome. Are we doing that? I'm not doing that. But actually, yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. That actually looks pretty cool. But no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Is there running involved? Because uh, anxiety if it is was, my cardio. If it was, um, if it if there was one around here, I'd probably try it. But no, that sounds like a really cool thing. What? But I saw you run in Utah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, well, that was high elevation, man. We we're was, at nine thousand feet. It was high elevation <laughs> and bad choices. Okay. But no, uh, no, we're not doing train to hunt. But here's the next question. Um, comes from Instagram. I think I answered actually I answered it on Instagram, but I'll answer it here too. Are you guys doing? Total archery challenge in Killington? Absolutely. Yeah, we are. It's a, it's gonna be fucking awesome. I'm so excited about it. I'm so stoked about Total Archery Challenge. Josh has been sort of pushing for it. Um, if you listen to the tribute podcast or the delete, this is the tribute, <coughs> the deleted podcast. Um, yeah, so we did we did a podcast about Total Archery Challenge or TAC as yeah. we call it because Total Archery Challenge is a lot to say. But yeah, we did a podcast on TAC and and for some reason it got deleted. And actually, that's why. Episode eight, we called yeah. episode nine when That's we why recorded no it. RX two. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, same thing. Um, so it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm actually glad we I deleted I deleted it um, because 
we have a little more information and stuff. We, we actually hadn't signed up yet. Yeah, when we recorded it originally, we weren't signed up for it yet. Yeah, I think we re, re, we record. recorded it like two days after. Oh, the day after they they started registration. Yeah, we usually record on <laughs> Tuesdays. Tuesday's day. Well, that's Tuesday. Wait, Tuesday. We do Tuesday, and they open up registration at eight a.m. Eastern time Monday. Yeah, and so we actually signed up right after the podcast. Yeah, we signed up Wednesday, I think. Yeah. No, we signed oh, up here. Oh, Tuesday night at your house. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday night after we recorded the con- the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we um, signed up for it. So we're gonna shoot. Um, the prime course on Saturday, and we'll tell you about that a little bit later. But the prime course on Saturday, sick of course on Sunday. If you see, and also I heard a rumor that we might be podcasting live from there. We're trying to make that happen. Actually, no ma- probably, we're gonna, gonna ha- make it yeah. happen no we're, matter we're, what. Our location hasn't been decided yet. We have a something in the works that might be kind of cool. Um, and no, definitely. So we're definitely doing it. Um, that was, I guess, that's the answer. So uh, yeah. So actually, we're gonna have. I think um, when we podcast up there, we'll probably. Get some people on there and talk to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know who yet. I have a couple ideas, I think. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. It should be fun. That'd be awesome. I'm so excited. So, yeah, this Total Archery Challenge, they've been doing it for a, quite a few years now. They do it all over the country. The closest that it's come to us is um, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Seven Springs. Seven Resort, Springs, yeah. Pennsylvania. Um, we almost did Utah last year. Because we, we flew home from Utah um, in May, the end of May, and then we almost flew back in the beginning of June to go back there, but... We couldn't get it. We couldn't get a knock Utah time. Utah Snowbird one is like is super, super fucking popular. So yeah, that must sell out really fast because the one here in, at Killington, I don't think it's sold out yet, but it must be pretty close. Yeah. Because they like like we said, they opened registration Monday morning, and when we um, signed up for a Tuesday night, there was a lot of knock times were booked. Yeah. So, like Saturday, eight thirty booked, nine yes. booked, nine thirty so ten. Yes, we're doing that. And so <coughs> if you don't know what Total Archie Challenge is. I suggest after this podcast ends, you hit the, the the exit music, you hit next and listen to the next podcast coming up. Unless I delete it again. But anyway, <laughs> I regress. So now we have a few other questions we haven't answered yet, but we want to keep this a little bit, a little bit shorter than the other ones. Um, we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do some at the end of some podcasts. We need a little filler. Yeah, I think maybe we'll mix them in here and there, and maybe we we'll do a dedicated. Would, would you rather, too? It's fun. Josh, would you <laughs> <Would> rather? You? <laughs> anyway, I don't know about but, um, that. Yeah, so stay tuned. We're going to... Um, bust another one out i think yeah we'll throw in these q a's here and there and maybe like i said maybe we'll have a dedicated episode to just q a but yeah total archie challenge i'm so stoked for it yeah me too and also if you're going there like you know send us a message let us know and definitely if you see us there like, say hi um come up we'll have some swag and stuff yeah if you too. see us come up and say hi or whatever and you listen to the podcast and you love it or hate it or uh um and if you're in the shop and if you listen to the podcast Please let us know. It's it's awesome to hear. Like it's like yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you don't don't be shy about it. Josh is very intimidating in the shop. He's like the new douchebag at the shop. <laughs> Seth is a sweet angel now. But Josh is the d bag. So the the influx of strings. He's he's very busy. I've actually heard that a lot. That people are intimidated to ask me questions. I don't really I think, understand I think you're why. Pretty, but so I don't know why they would be. But it's oh, fine. take a shot. Yeah, take a shot. <laughs> I didn't see you good looking. Oh, I just did that. Fuck. All right, well, this one's a podcast. But, uh, see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.